Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the DCVC podcast, where we explore the Indian venture ecosystem by speaking to angel investors and venture capitalists investing in tech startups in India. I'm your host Akash Bhat, and with me today is Ankita Vashishta of Saha Fund. Now, what's really interesting and cool about Saha is that it's a fund focused on backing women entrepreneurs in India. We talk about diversity at work, and it's about time we started talking about diversity with respect to investments in the venture industry as well. Let's head straight into the episode and hear more about Ankita and her journey with Saha. Ankita, welcome to the podcast. We've been trying to do this for a while now. I'm so glad that we're able to find some time for this. How's everything going, and how are you managing everything amidst this lockdown? So thanks, Akash, for having me on this podcast. I know uh, between my initial travels and now work from home, we've finally been able to find time. So I think, like everyone else, and like most of us, we're all under a lockdown. um trying to figure out how to kind of function um uh, in this new normal um and i think it's been i think any new shift in behavior takes a few days or weeks um so i think we are happening i've been in lockdown since i think um 3 3 4 weeks and, and now i know that's going to be extended so i'm in india right now um so i think it's given me an opportunity to figure out you know how to really organize my time uh what's the priority um the fact that we need to really connect and make an effort and make sure that you know for example our portfolio companies um are doing well what help do they need from us at this point of time what are their kind of business plan something which you know you would discuss more kind of in the long term perspective we have to kind of think immediate right what are they doing right now in this current crisis what can they do in the medium and long term and what this entire thing will have an impact in 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 the long term going forward right so i think for me it's been juggling the entire thing of you know figuring out work from home i'm i'm also a mother of a 2 year old so making sure that you know I, i give him time but i also get time for myself um and just yeah figuring the entire thing out Well, I'm glad you're safe and coping with this better than most. It's never easy to adjust to a new setting that we're all in. So I'm, I'm, I, I'd like to say you're doing a much better job than most people that I've spoken to. So that's great. So now let's just let's dive in. I want to go into your background before we start. Tell us a little bit about your career, how it began, and the motivation to start your own fund, and more specifically, a fund that is focused on women-led tech businesses. How did it all come about for you? So I've been um in the private equity and venture capital space um for the past 10 years or more. Um so I've had the great opportunity of kind of since a child living across um you know US, UK, India uh, and parts of you know Southeast Asia. And so for an engineer uh by in in undergrad and then going on to do my masters in finance um i was always kind of interested in um you know economics finance technology and how all these can make an impact right um on the whole so and then so i have an experience of kind of graduating from finance uh working in private equity um in london um 
which was a fund at that time, which spun out of the UK government's fund of funds. But they were, you know, two billion dollars then looking at the emerging market. So sector agnostic, but kind of regional focus. So looking at Asia, Africa, uh, Latin America and, um, you know, India specifically as well. So, you know, I've had my kind of background looking into um, technology, industries, et cetera, across uh, the emerging markets. And then I kind of said, okay, now I've worked in private equity, but I'd like to kind of now uh, work with smaller companies uh, much closely at grassroots levels and kind of work with them to figure out, you know, their market fit, et cetera, and how they can create an impact. So that's when I kind of moved back to Asia and I kind of set up a, a incubator slash accelerator program um, in Singapore. And that was when I got the chance to kind of work with a, like a bunch of technology investments, um, looking at um, solving the kind of the B2B, B2C consumer um, space, looking at companies that are looking uh, at education, healthcare, e-commerce, market, platform. And that's when we had one company or two companies that were women-led, um, amazing tech companies, uh, which came out with amazing exits as well from an incubator. And that's when I realized. And so I then I also worked into, so I was working between Singapore and India. And I was part of, you know, a few angel networks. And that's when I realized that um, there weren't enough women investors and there weren't enough women startups kind of coming to the forefront. So even if there were groups of two or three presenting um, to us as, as angel groups, we wouldn't see many women taking the lead and coming in as CEOs, et cetera. So that's when I realized that there are so many amazing ideas out there, but there aren't enough people funding it. So even in a group of 10, 15 angel investors, I'd mostly be the only woman investor there. So that's when I realized that I'm very passionate about kind of creating um, an impact with startup companies in the technology space, especially that can create an impact in, in the developing world and connect back to the developed world, but also the fact that I want to create an impact and help companies that are led by women entrepreneurs or companies that are creating a product or a service for the woman consumer. Like for example, today they say 70 to 80% of the consumer decisions are made by women, right? But the people behind them building it should also be women. So that's when I said, okay, let me kind of also launch a fund which can support and promote that cause. Um, so I had my incubator and then of course I also, when I came back to India in around 2011-12, I also joined um, kind of our family office and I carved out the family office completely to kind of focus on venture capital investments, um, co-investing um, along with other angel and seed funds um, into companies in India, Singapore, Philippines, US and UK. And so then I took my kind of experience and network and I said, okay, let me raise a second fund now, uh, raising money uh, from the market, from some amazing kind of industry experts and leaders and um, invest in tech companies, but led by women entrepreneurs. So that's when I kind of launched um, Saha Fund um, in early 2016 and said, okay, let's do this now. And so that's when I kind of came up with the idea of so we are india's first uh, kind of women entrepreneurship fund um there are now 
quite quite a few platforms and network groups etc out there but there is still no kind of institutional money that is going into com- just to specifically support um this segment of kind of founders out there so we invest um in companies uh looking at healthcare education fintech um you know companies leveraging ai cloud uh but all companies that either have a woman founder or are trying to create um and cater to the woman consumer no i love that now you started saha about 4 years ago roughly when yeah. venture financing was at its peak right and something that we heard on the podcast term as phase 2 of the development of the indian startup ecosystem phase 1 obviously being the phase between uh the global financial crisis in 2012 quote on quote we're currently in the third phase what are some of the observations and learnings during this 4 5 year period and how has your investing philosophy changed or evolved during this period yeah so as you rightly said i think when i launched um, the women entrepreneurship fund that was kind of the peak right where i think there was a lot of money out there every and any idea was getting invested i think Absolutely. it was the peak of when you know any so i think we kind of went to went through this phase in india where i think whatever was working say outside of india in in, in us or uk or, or singapore etc was coming into india right so i think we were doing a great job of bringing ideas to india for the indian consumer and so i think for example when i uh, launched this fund i remember everybody wanted to invest in food tech everybody wanted to invest in e-commerce um there was so much excitement around it but i think over the four years we realized how um different business models evolved um how much the competition kind of grew and the fact that you know before i i think every investor's metric was uh, gmv and now pretty much it's like are you profitable or not right i think before it was like okay you know what is your gmv how much sales are you doing um you know oh, okay you're you're burning cash okay that's part of parcel of it but now it's like oh my god you're burning cash you know why isn't this business model sustainable why isn't this profitable right so i think in the past 4 5 years i completely saw the way um, investors and ic members were asking questions and doing due diligence um from you know being very kind of just like okay this is a great idea this has worked in in other countries you know they're raising a lot of money we have to participate to now literally drilling down and making sure that you know business models are sustainable you just can't take for granted that um some investors going to come by in the next 6 months and then again invest and you know your runway is going to keep increasing so i think people have been made to think um to do more detailed due diligence um to make sure that money that given today is not just for the next 6 to 12 months but actually you know kind of runs can run from 12 18 to 24 months right um and the fact that a lot of things that might work in a different country might not work in india so how do you kind of create a product that is sustainable for the indian consumer of course india is a consumer story because you know just by the sheer population that we have and the fact that you know we have every person from the strata who has access to mobile data right to a smartphone so the consumption uh, of you know any kind of online sale or service is quite high but then we have to also realize that there's a price point um, sensitivity that is attached to it right so how do you sell and how do you make a profit so i think all those questions became much more um, you know crucial um, in 
diligences that lately. So I think that the, the shift completely happened into, you know, uh, money being abundantly available to money now being available only for sustainable uh, projects. So what do you think brought about that change? Is it that the investors have lost money and are now extremely cautious or the fact that they're well-educated by means of practice or is it something else? Have they been looking at others in the industry and thinking about, oh, okay, now this company or this VC firm has not been investing as much as they previously did and we also have to maybe reimagine our strategy What's changed, in your opinion, amongst investors and their philosophy when it comes to being a little more cautious rather than, you know, adopting a spray and pray sort of uh, ideology? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, so it, it, it's a mix of both, right? So the fact that, you know, I think people have in, in invested in those days in, in everything and anything and kind of burnt their, you know, pockets and hands, etc. But also the fact that, yeah, I mean, I, I think time also comes with experience and learnings right and also the fact that I think what's also happened is that so on the whole the venture capital industry is quite nascent in India right so you um, still today you'll see that a lot of the series B series C series D investors are not Indian investors they are investors coming in from China, Japan, uh, US, Korea etc right Right, so I think I think what's also happened is that because certain um, companies haven't done well even that capital has dried up right so if you're not able to attract series b series c investments and you are when you are investing because a lot of the investments you'll see in india by the indian vcs are seed series a um, yes and you know series b but there's a huge vacuum when it comes to the really big round investments right a lot of our big big companies are all invested by you know say walmart soft banks of the world right um, so when you don't, when when those investors who are so um, upbeat and very interested in, in kind of our billion people uh, population story suddenly realize that, okay, you know, their amazing ideas are coming out of this country and amazing things are happening, but a lot of them are not sustainable or profitable, then even that money dries up, right? So I think everything has made an impact, um, experience, learn, etc., to make that decisions now going forward. No, that's a great point as you know as you have a lot of people coming in as you mentioned parachute vcs coming into india and trying to understand what the market is and if you're not really able to get successful or get even you know notable exits from some of your investments then yeah. obviously even parachute vcs will get extremely cautious about investing and once you don't have the lead investors coming in from outside and leading these bigger rounds as you mentioned your series and these and beyond local yeah. investors will probably also be a little more cautious in terms of making investments right because most yeah. of them are not lead investors, they're co-investors. So if you can't find a legitimate lead who's bringing in, putting in that big money, then you're also drying up subsequent round of co-investors who are relying heavily on parachute VCs funding your bigger rounds. Yes, yes. Now, you know, moving along and coming to the topic of women investors in India, this is something that I really wanted to get your perspective about. You know, there, there's a lot of research that's being done and quite very recently, Bloomberg put out one of its reports where it said that even if, there are a lot of women in venture capital. It's not necessary that they end up investing in women founders. But you heard Saha do this very actively. Now, now, what Bloomberg study has shown is very synonymous with what with what's happened here in the US and here in the Valley. How do you see that statistic playing out in India? Do you feel that there's a similar trend where women investors, even if there are if they are partners on some of the uh, VC firms, they're not really backing a lot of women led uh, entrepreneurs or 
are you seeing something different see i think first of all um any investors main goal is to make sure they invest in a great founder that, that has created a really amazing idea that can really impact um and really create a market impact and basically create a, a successful and sustainable business so i think whether it be a woman entrepreneur or a male entrepreneur we all want to back amazing founders um so that's anyway everyone's number one goal now the other thing is of course um a lot of the funds out there don't necessarily currently still have any kind of mandate um to invest in diversity or women founders unfortunately because there is this bias it's not going to be on everybody's priority list um so even if there are two companies that are come i mean so this is from my experience and i think this is an experience that a lot of people that i work with or have met have said the same thing that unfortunately those biases do exist so if there are you know two exactly similar companies with probably founders that have the exact same skill set etc but one is female led and one is male led uh, most probably the male led company will be invested in because the 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 perspective and the stigma is that of course that that you know women led companies um maybe possibly won't scale up because women come with an um you know with a kind of a lifestyle approach to the workplace because they might at some point have kids they might marry etc so unfortunately society this you know these kind of biases and perspectives from society um actually unfortunately uh, influence professional decisions um so it's these small small things right and of course i think the fact is that now i mean even at school level right so i think the idea is that you have more women kind of coming out um and taking the lead as well right so it's not just the investors responsibility to do that i think um at the school level college level graduate level more women need to enter uh you know graduate studies in terms of looking at technology um looking at stem um you know i mean so i've done my engineering right so i i went to a class of you know where there were like probably 60 to 70 people and literally in my class there were only seven girls right um so I, but i i know recently that number has definitely um you know increased in favor of more girls participating participating at engineering colleges etc and taking on more stem programs but that has to be done more and, and in that as well more women need to enter the workforce and stay on in the workforce so i think there's a huge influx of women joining at the fresher level but as they go up the career ladder uh you know mid career to senior management um unfortunately they start falling off so there need to be a lot of uh, there's there needs to be a kind of a more educative approach uh, both from the investor level i mean and in companies from the employer and employee level so we need we need to have more um, options of you know flexible working work from home i mean it's it's funny but now i guess what happened today and you know kind of we are in these coronavirus times where everybody is working from home and suddenly it is the only way to work right so i think it's a more acceptable way of working so i think this is how it's going to be not just for women but for everyone so i think before when women were used to ask can i work from home because oh i just had a baby it used to be like oh no you know uh, we 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 can't allow that etc and so you probably have to leave your job um i'm not saying everybody does that but majority does right so i think now right. it's like okay people will realize that you can work from home so i think it's about creating opportunities 
that will make it more conducive for women to enter the workforce but also i think women i i mean for right now because it's like right now they say only 10% of startups are women led so if you want to create an impact and you really want that numbers to grow you will have to make it a mandate you will have to look at it and say hey you know what this year i am going to invest in more women entrepreneurs um so it's something that you have to take out time and effort and you have to make it a, your priority to make it happen for those numbers to increase and of course any investment that you have do has to be in something which is a sizable sustainable you know impactful investment not just because it's a women entrepreneur but you need to make that effort to create that difference well actually as of a 2020 study that number is at 7% so that's extremely alarming as well but yeah. do you feel that a regulation or a tax break for vcs by the government as we have seen with the 2015 csr mandate for businesses could see a push here giving perhaps early stage vcs a chance to take bolder bets because let's face it they're already doing that yeah i mean of course i think um, you know a tax break could support the cause i mean i don't know it, there isn't anything that has been done for women entrepreneurs specifically and i'm not sure if something related to tax would promote more women entrepreneurs from that perspective i think it's a kind of you know keeping all that aside um i think women entrepreneurs need to come out and present themselves come out with amazing ideas and they need to be investors and more women investors on the other side backing those ideas i think that's the main thing right so there needs to be more you know conferences workshops platforms and which i am seeing now by the way um which is great right because i think when i launched saha fund i really didn't hear much about uh you know women entrepreneurship platforms or anything for example even csr efforts um were more focused on you know you know health and education in in the developing world etc but now you do see a lot of corporates and csr um, you know initiatives looking at uh, promoting women in business um uh, from companies like coca cola walmart etc and of course you know there's the whole bill and melinda gates foundation which is you know carved out 1 billion dollars for women in business of course a lot of it is focused in 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 the us um, region so of course you know so i i think that's also one thing which is very different is to just talk about difference between india and i think us and uk is um you know in india specifically right now there are no institutions or corporates who are looking to promote women entrepreneurship um of course sidbi announced um you know a small carve out for women entrepreneurship but um there hasn't been much sizable efforts that have come across you know around it um versus you know when you look at these huge foundations in the us and uk you know um they have actually put out millions and billions of dollars for women in business so i think that needs to change um in a country like india uh but i think that's it's great to see that on a global level this is changing um and I, th- i think that also le- kind of leads me to kind of talk about what i would probably be doing next i think it's important that you know what what my efforts have been till date are not just focused um on india but i but uh, f- kind of focusing on global collaboration um because there are a lot of people who are looking at women in business in countries like africa um us and uk and how we can create a global platform for women entrepreneurship is something which is very interesting for me So I'm glad you touched on touched upon the subject of women entrepreneurship and on the flip side in India there are only about 3 three only 3 of the top 20 VC firms um, have a woman partner which which to me during my research was extremely surprising 
and that number was true as of uh, March 2020. Not sure if numbers have changed over the last one month. But how can that whole disparity be bridged? Are there active things that VCs can be doing or is there something that we as an ecosystem can really enhance to, to bring the numbers up? I mean, again, it's about kind of changing perspectives, I guess. I mean, yeah, as you rightly said, we literally, I mean, you can count on your fingers the the, the number of women kind of partners in VC firms um, in India. Um, it's in single digits, right? So I think that is something that definitely has to change. So I think, and I mean, I think it's something that has to be proactively taken care of uh, by companies. I mean, you have all the Sequoias, Axels of the world in India, right? And of course, a lot of huge Indian uh, originated VC funds. I think they need to make an effort to know that, you know, it is so important to bring diversity to the table. Um, it's not just something to do to tick the box, to be really honest. Um, you know, there are so many innate characteristics and capabilities that women bring to the table. I mean, there are enough reports out there saying that, you know, companies that have, uh, you know, majority women representation on the board in senior management etc those companies have done well they have given higher return on investments um you know great uh, kind of work uh, policies um, th- those companies have had uh, you know women in their workforce 50 percent or more so i mean it's it's kind of like a ripple effect right so when you have women leading at the top of companies or vcs you're going to attract women employees and women portfolio companies to you as well so it works both ways so if you want to see more women entrepreneurs participate in the ecosystem um, you need to also have a lot of people at the at the investor side promoting that uh, and inviting in women entrepreneurs um, to, to come and kind of you know be part of this ecosystem no you agree that's very well said now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your fund I'm curious to learn about the challenges your co-founder Usha and you faced while fundraising for Saha. How do the LPs react to your thesis? It's one thing to pat you on your back and say, oh, that's a great idea. We need this in the industry, yada, yada, yada. But how many of them were really willing to put a step forward and back you guys? Talk us through your experience of fundraising as a fund manager. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, of course, you know, um, my previous experience, um, a lot of it was dealing with international investors, you know, even for when I kind of moved back to India and I was making um, investments out of our our, our own fund. Uh, a lot of my co-investors were um, in Singapore and U.S. and U.K. So there was a different kind of uh, mindset Um of course, in the developed world, people are more used to venture capital investing um, as an investment type. So I think uh, what my experience in fundraising in India was one, A, was that um, it's more of an educational process, right? So I had to kind of educate a lot of the investors that I pitched to about venture capital because um, investors and kind of high net worth individuals in India uh, usually want to invest in their own business then they would invest in real estate, then the public markets and, you know, so and so. And then venture capital we would be then something down the road over there. And especially the fact that you're pitching a women entrepreneurship fund, right? So we are not an impact fund in the sense that we are not an impact return fund. So, you know, we are like any other tech fund out there. Uh, but what also happens is that because 
you are promoting women entrepreneurship a lot of investors do think that maybe you are an impact fund and would be returning impact returns but we're not so i think a lot of my um fundraising effort was kind of breaking that stereotype um but you know on the flip side um there were so many investors that were so passionate about creating this difference and supporting women entrepreneurs um it was amazing to see that side of people right so i mean i my fund has amazing women investors like you know mrs kiran mazumdar shah um you know mrs diya modi so when i went to pitch to them like for them it was a no brainer they were like you know i wish there was a fund like this or someone like this like you who was supporting women entrepreneurs when we wanted to set up our businesses right so i remember when i met mrs kiran mazumdar shah she told me that when she wanted to start her business of course there was something like this and when she did go out you know to get a loan um she had to take it uh, along with her father who was the main applicant right because they wouldn't even give a loan to a woman applicant um so it was kind of amazing to hear you know the hardships and the stories from you know people we like look up to today and what they've gone through and you know they made made me realize that how important uh, it is and what i was doing so i mean we saw a lot of support from amazing people from that perspective but yes of course a lot of the general investors also were needed to be educated about venture capital and then also about women entrepreneurship and why we were doing this so yeah it was a process now do you feel if i for instance were to start a vc fund today focused only on backing women led tech startups there would be more interest given that there have been many success stories that have emerged over the last i would say few years or maybe even a decade you've got nike cashkaro revigo your story and a bunch of other companies right how do you feel lps today would react to a fund manager going up to them with a similar thesis that you have had and telling them that they want to start a fund that's only going to back women I think it's a great idea. I mean, we need more funds to back women out there. Um and of course, I think if people see that trend out there, they'll realize that oh, this is something great to back, right? And this is I mean, to be honest, India is just one example, but if you go outside of India, there are very successful women funds that have raised, you know, triple digit millions or even billion. Um that are doing well and, you know, backing amazing women entrepreneurs out there. So I don't think it's something out of the blue. I think if it catches up there should be more people uh, launching raising institutional money for women entrepreneurs um, and you know going ahead and increasing the fund sizes absolutely and that's true right 29 or q3 of 2019 was perhaps the best period for women led startups in india till date raising a combined total of 2.7.8 you know, million dollars So post covid I really hope that trajectory is on the rise and as years go by of course directly correlated to the idea and not just because you're ticking boxes now yeah. you as an investor what are some of the geographies in india that are attractive to you and what are you focusing your investments on right now so india is uh, i mean so i'm based out of bangalore um, a lot of our companies that we work with um are based out of i mean between bangalore uh, bombay uh, delhi uh, hyderabad so i think india as a whole is a country which is 
pretty i mean most of the in tech tech investments or fintech investments etc they're all based out of the tier 1 cities so i think there's no regional focus in terms of cities um in india i think something that works in one city um, will work in, in a, one more city in in india so i don't think there's like a city regional focus like you have say in the states etc because each uh, state is kind of different but so that focus is the same um in terms of what we look at we are looking at um you know fintech healthcare um education so we kind of and india is actually a, a b2c story so we're looking at companies that are, can really um impact the consumer um and make a sizable impact on the market and and what stage do you come in at akita so at saha fund we come in at kind of uh, institutional seed slash series a round um so we don't we're not the first check into a company uh we like to invest in companies that say have raised um you know angel funding um you know they could have raised um seed funding and then we'd like to come in with an, with one more institutional seed fund or a series a fund um so we pretty much like to invest anywhere from you know say 250k to a million dollars while they are in our portfolio so our first ticket sizes are 250k okay and uh, what are some of the characteristics or metrics that you wish startups have hit before you invest in them you didn't mention that you'd like them to ideally have raised some sort of an institutional funding before to be that angel investing or even a pre seed check but when you talk about say the founding team or you're talking about some of the metrics that they should have hit what are some things that need to stand out for you for that to align with your investment uh, thesis yeah it's a good question so basically we like to invest in companies um at the kind of you know seed pre series a series a stage um we like to invest in companies that say have two co-founders or more companies that are post pilot so they are revenue generating um typically so i mean we are an india based uh, fund so you know we like to see companies that have double digit lakhs of revenue um they have a team in place or they know that okay fine this is the team members that they're going to hire once the funding comes in um they have one or two or more paying clients depending on the business model of the company um so we like to see that you know we don't come in at an idea stage we like certain metrics to be um kind of have tick the box and then we like to invest um our ticket sizes range anywhere from um our first ticket size is anywhere from 250k to 300k and then we'd like to kind of support the company um you know when they raise a series a um, series b so up to a million dollars are you going to be altering your thesis as well for for a post covid 19 world or are you still going to stick by your guns and invest in the ones that you've been doing so far how do you envision your next i would say 12 to 18 months looking like from an investment perspective yeah i think i mean not just covid but i think um our you know from our experience of investing um in this particular thesis for the past 4 years also kind of led us to change a few things um i think we also want to promote certain um areas more that have more of a women consumer impact so a lot of our companies were um women founded companies but we are also giving a lot of uh, focus to women consumer focused companies um so and yes of course i mean i think w- what our learnings from the coronavirus and this covid times 
is the fact and which has been from before also we keep asking our companies what can you do today that can kind of elongate your runway going forward right um so how do you create sustainable business models how do you make the right kind of changes to your business model at the right time so that you know you can have maximum impact um how do you kind of make sure that you know employees are aligned with your business plan etc so i think you know we'll see a lot of focus on um sustainable business plans um how can you kind of you know conserve cash um you can't take for granted that you know money will come in every 6 to 12 months as you go out fundraising um and of course i think that up, i mean post this crisis i mean there's going to be a huge behavior shift right um there's going to be a huge focus on new services and new ways of working so i think a lot of companies will be looking at more impactful businesses um companies that can now work in the new age right so companies leveraging ai you know automation uh robotics etc stuff like that um you know e health digital health um e finance etc so i think new businesses will come across right so i think people will look at how online and how the online presence um and how automated is your business right so how resilient um also is your business right what risk mitigation measures have you put into your business plan um i don't think um uh, in the past when we have looked at companies we have put in so much focus on okay what what's your worst case scenario in terms of is something like a natural disaster or something or like this would happen right but i think there's going to be a huge emphasis on how you drive your business if you are faced with the pandemic uh which i don't think anybody would have asked much before so i think there is going to be a lot of shift in the way we do diligence um on companies going forward and therefore that's going to give rise to new type of companies well i totally agree with that and that was great i want to segue into a to a segment where i try to learn more about your investor persona and this is very loosely similar to a rapid fire and uh, if you're okay with that we'll head into that section right now sure Awesome. I've been thinking about this and um I'd love to understand what it is what what is it like to be a woman in venture capital in India. So, I mean there are very few women in venture capital um in India. I think it's I think on the other hand it's very um I think it's interesting because you know because we're the only and one of the few you know women led funds uh, for women entrepreneurs we get a lot of um kind of amazing interest from entrepreneurs so i think it's great in terms of networking and creating a platform and being inspirational for women entrepreneurs so i think from that perspective it's amazing but of course on the other hand um there aren't many of us out there so i think we need more women entrepreneurs and more women investors in the ecosystem so that we become the new normal and that we're not the exception Oh, absolutely and you're doing a fabulous job being one of the pioneers in in getting more vcs women vcs into this ecosystem so thank you for that and uh, i'd love to see more women getting into into the ecosystem and taking inspiration from people like you what are some of the non intuitive and intuitive learnings that you had over the years as an investor investing in india um i think what's important um is mostly more i mean of course the business model is very important but i think what i've learned is the founder is 
is the key, right? I mean, it's most important to really understand uh, the founder, the, the the founder's kind of vision and mission for his or her company um, and what really they want to bring about with this. So I think um, your intuition about the founder and, you know, his resilience and his passion and his kind of, you know, journey really makes a huge difference. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times I feel that just raising money for a founder um, is enough. But that is just the first step to actually kind of kickstart what you raise the money for. So I've seen a lot of times where founders think, okay, you know, they've done it all just by raising the money. Um, and then you kind of see them lose steam going forward. But I think a really strong founder can drive a great idea um, into brilliance, right? So I think obviously great idea, but an even stronger founder is most important. I totally agree. That's a concept that we've uh, kind of like discovered here on the podcast is that there's a there's an emphasis amongst Indian VCs on founder fund fit. And if there's an alignment between where the founders are and how investors think, you know, you're, that's a that's a recipe for success in itself. And uh, I'm glad that you're following a very similar recipe over at Saha yourself. Is there anything you'd like to change about venture investing in India? Or if there was one thing that you could change, what would you like to change? Um, I think the just in terms of probably the, you know, kind of the tax breaks and kind of the legality uh, and the ease of kind of just uh, doing investment agreements, I think on a whole is something which we should look at um, in India. And I think company formation, company exits, I think this is more on the kind of legal side and kind of the um, government side. But I think if that could be changed, that would be make it much more easier, um, both for investors and entrepreneurs to raise and deploy money. So Angita, could you talk to me about one sector that you are extremely bullish about from, from your fund perspective? Yeah, sure. Actually, so there, we were looking very strongly um, at men, the mental health space, the online mental health space, because of course there are these amazing companies globally like Headspace, uh, Calm, etc. But we were looking at something you know, for India in terms of online, but also something which has offline presence. Because I think it's very important, especially in this case, that you know people can kind of meet and talk to someone, and then of course take their therapies, etc., online. So that's an area that we are very bullish about, especially uh, you know for women, you know new moms, etc. And it's funny that it's something so relevant in today's you know COVID crisis, right? Um, suddenly people are experiencing anxiety, people are having to deal with a completely new way of living. Um, you know, you are, everybody's at home. So of course that is something which is just, you know, kind of made a lot of people's anxieties come out, you know, people feel like, okay, there's nowhere to go. They're having to deal with things then and there, right? Because otherwise usually you kind of deal with something at home and then you go back to the workplace, you go to the workplace, you come back home. So you kind of, sometimes you can escape things, right? But now you're not able to do that. Um, and of course, this is a very different situation where you don't even know when this COVID crisis will end, right? There's so much uncertainty. So I think um, this has made our thesis even more stronger that it, mental health is so important. Um, you know, it's something which is completely, you know, kind of people don't even know how to diagnose People don't even realize when they actually have, uh, you know, a mental health issue. Um, and so we are very, very, you know, kind of passionately looking at this space um, and something which can really kind of create an impact to everyone out there, um, you know, online and of course with some kind of offline presence. 
That's great. And what do you wish you knew about investing in India that you wish you knew when you first started? I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm quite an optimistic uh, person, and um, you know, I, I'm a woman who has had every opportunity um, to kind of excel at what I want to do. Um, given the family support, given the academia support, uh, even people who I've met in business or you know work network, so it's always been very very positive. I mean, I've had amazing role models. Um, since ever I entered the workforce as well, you know, when I was working in private equity, my my boss was a female. Um, even you know, just some of the amazing startup founders that I've met, um, who I've learned to, they've all been quite you know female. So I think I realized. Um, so I think during this whole process of kind of setting up this fund and working closely in India, I realized that's not the case, unfortunately. Um, there aren't many women role models out there and there hasn't been a lot of positive experience for women at the workplace. So I really wish that um, that is something that I could change or, you know, help change um, is making women more comfortable to join the workplace um that is something which is definitely i feel needs a long way to go um it's something which people don't really talk about much so you may i don't know if you hear about it much but yeah i i think the the fact that again i mean we need more women in senior management and so i think more junior employees will feel comfortable working at the workplace so i think that that workplace ethics need to change i love that i love how you put it the workplace that needs to change and i totally agree with that and finally what is your advice to women entrepreneurs fundraising for the first time so my advice is a um, you know really believe in what you're doing um and you know before you go out and fundraise with you know and meet you know investors or angel investors uh find mentors um you know industry experts or someone you know so you can reach out from within your say workplace if you're working somewhere you know from academia um linkedin is a great tool um uh, but find someone you know who's in the same line as what you're planning to do um and onboard a mentor like that right who could be someone from the industry or you know a great angel and then that person and along with you, you you guys can guide each other and work together and then go out and fundraise a lot of times i see people just coming with an idea um and you know just trying to fundraise out there but it is difficult right so i think you need to find more people who believe in your idea uh definitely try to find a co-founder it really helps uh, so find like you know a two three member team find an amazing mentor and then go fundraise um and you know it's it's really all about networking um you know i in the past i mean i am a introvert of course you know over the years and with work you change uh, but it's really important you know networking and relationship building is very important make more people believe in your idea um try to have focus groups you know now you know anyone can kind of record a video put it online you know you can go live on linkedin or instagram talk about what you're doing get people to know what you're doing and you know go out and fundraise and so because when people when you do fundraise you should have a story to tell investor that hey you know i launched this idea i had i did this pilot i even got feedback from a focus group and here i had this amazing mentor on board as well so it just makes your idea more you know impactful and the fact that you're more serious about your idea that's brilliant advice find a mentor be proactive build your own personal brand and a great note to end this podcast on it was such a pleasure having you on the show ankita i'm super glad that we were finally able to connect and do this you've been super candid 
and provided some really great insights into the world of investing in India. So thank you so much. This was really worth the wait. No, thank you so much. You know, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's great to hear about you know your background and what you guys are doing at Scrum Ventures and your you know kind of intentions and passion to kind of invest and be part of the Indian ecosystem. And yeah, we'd we'd love to collaborate and co-invest going forward. Absolutely, looking forward to doing that. Hopefully, very very soon. What a great story and what a great initiative, and hopefully an inspiration to many other women out there. who are either thinking about starting their own business or launching their own venture fund. Thank you so much Ankita for sharing your unique insights on running a fund in India. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you haven't already subscribed to us, please I would urge you to go ahead and do so on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And while you're at it, do also leave us a rating and review so that others can discover the show as well. This is your host Akash Bhat signing off and until next week stay safe everybody and keep hustling.